Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism. And on Teach Me Biology, I'm teaching my co-host and little sister, Sarah Matthews. Biology A-level topic by topic to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here. Hello, hello. Yes. Episode yes. 11. Episode 11. 11. Yes. And it's just us, just us this week. Just us this week. And hopefully no awful... Uh, yeah, apologies for the sound. Audio quality. That weird knock-in, we just well, actually couldn't explain that at all. I don't no, know what that was. If anybody has any idea what it was, <laughs> can you please let me know? Yeah. Because genuinely, I don't know. Can I tell you about a dream that I had last night? Go on. Okay. So I had a dream that me and you had a massive argument and we fell out. Right. And then you rang me up half an hour later like, I've got someone else for the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what? In half an hour? And you'd recorded an episode with them and everything in half an hour. This mystery person. <laughs> Oh, Sarah. <laughs> well, okay, then whatever. <laughs> you the anxiety about the about me like dumping you for someone else. <laughs> podcast prize. Uh, I would never. It's I've our got podcast. Someone else for the podcast now. We we are teach me biology. It's us. <laughs> All the way. That is funny though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could you imagine? I'm just like got someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Will you be pleased to know that we're doing an episode on the cell membrane? Thank Which God. is one of those episodes where I'm like constantly going, we'll do a whole episode on this soon. Mm-hmm. We will do a whole episode on this. And, and then you're is, like, we haven't the done episode. the whole episode, but we're doing it. We're doing this... it now. So we're going to discuss the arrangement and the function of all the major molecules that you can find in the cell membrane. Okay. So what will help is that we've already done lipids and proteins. So you know what they are and you know what a phospholipid is. So that's like a big help. Mm-hmm. And hopefully this will make more sense of sort of the functions of those things. What do you remember about the cell membrane so far, like the functions, what's in it, that sort of thing? Oh, you said like specifically it was made of, you were like, oh, and uh, that's what the cell membrane is made of. What was it? Phospholipids. Oh, was that it? Yeah. And then you, uh, things can come in and out of it. Yep, so that's its function. Through osmosis. Yeah, so osmosis is one of the ways that uh, things can come in and out. So water goes in and out yeah. through that. And one side of it is attracted to water, one side of it isn't. Yeah, so that's the phospholipids. One side's hydrophobic, yeah. one has hydrophobic. We'll talk about a little bit more about that in a minute. Yeah. yeah. So you've said the function, so what goes in and out, stuff that goes in and out. Yeah. So you'll kind of know why, basically, why its job is to let some things in, some things out, but not everything. And you'll understand the job of the phospholipids in that and uh-huh. the structure and everything. Okay? So, yeah, that's pretty good. The term partially permeable refers to that idea. Like, permeable means things can pass through it. But partially permeable obviously means not everything, only some things. Mm-hmm. Does that kind of make sense? Yes. And that is kind of temperature dependent as well. I'll just say that now sort of up to about 45 degrees like that would be sort of its maximum like best temperature really the membrane um, or the cell the membrane okay yeah anything below that would probably well it would be frozen for a start so nothing much would be happening but once it had thawed out it would probably quite a lot of damage 
to the membrane. The proteins will have denatured. Isn't 45 degrees proper hot? Well, not... Yeah, but not... Like, the the higher towards that you get, the more permeable it will become because of, like, changes to the proteins and things like that. I would have thought they would just be, like, normal body temperature. That would be ideal. Oh, okay. Yeah? So as it gets, like, closer to 45 and then above 45, Mm -hmm. the membrane will probably stop working. Oh, right. Yeah, Yeah? because if anyone was, like, 45 degrees, they would be dead. Well, the membrane would... the, The stuff inside the membrane would start to sort of melt and the proteins would denature and allow anything through and it would just become really permeable. Yeah. And the same when it's like when you thaw it out when it's been frozen. There might have been damage through like ice shards and things like that and it would just be completely permeable. Which is why if you've got something that you have like a piece of meat or some fruit or anything mm. like that that you've frozen, when you defrost it, a lot of more liquid comes out afterwards because the cells of membranes have got damaged. So a lot more will leak out. Oh wow. Than if it yeah. was just normal. Uh-huh. When um, people burn themselves, right? They always like, oh, it puts some like freezing cold on it. So they, someone burns their like their arm, they put ice on it. Yeah. But actually, that does more damage because you're going from like one extreme to another extreme. Really. Like when you uh, so you burnt yourself and you've got a big burn, and then you put something really, really, really cold on it. That's like really, really extreme cold. That's like too much. You just need to put like that's why they say just put like tepid water on it because. Putting on like something really cold straight away is just going to do more damage. Like ice or something mm. would just damage it more. Yeah. That's crazy. Right, so straight away we're going to look at the diagram. Okay. okay. So I'm showing Sarah a hand-drawn diagram that I've done of the cell membrane. The pink looks like spam. A spam. Um, that you can find on teachmescience.co.uk if you want the exact picture Sarah's looking at. All the different molecules are numbered, so it's not labelled, so you could use it as like a resource to get and label it and annotate it, put all your notes on it, and just use that then as your nice little revision resource mm-hmm. for the cell membrane. So yes. number one is, do you remember what they were called? We've, we've mentioned it a little bit today. Are these the phospholipids? That's right. So right, they're okay. your phospholipids, okay? So do you remember anything about like which side was hydrophobic, which side was hydrophilic, just by looking at it and which way around they are? The inside ones? No. The outside, the outside ones. ones. Yeah. So if you need to go back over phospholipids, stop this episode now. Go back to our episode on lipids and listen to the section on it phospholipids. sounds like I need to do that. <laughs> listen to the section on phospholipids and then come back to this episode again to remind yourself. Is this where there was like two phosphates and a fatty acid or something? Or two fatty so acids it's, and a phosphate? That's right. Yes. That's right. Two fatty acids and a phosphate, which is different from a triglyceride. Because a triglyceride is a glycerol molecule and three fatty acids. I remember. And this has been replaced with a phosphate. And mm-hmm. it's only got... So one of the fatty acids... So the phosphate is the bit that is attracted to the water. Yes. So that's actually facing into the cell and out into oh. the tissue. In my head, this whatever. was the inside of the cell. <laughs> no, so that... Okay, so so straight away we're finding what could actually be quite common issues with, with people learning about this. Yeah. This is the whole the, the whole line. So the the line that you draw around a cell, this is what it is. This is mm-hmm. what it looks like. Yeah. So that would be all the way yeah. around the membrane. So the tails are pointing into the membrane, and then the outside phosphate heads. One side's pointing out into the cell, uh-huh. into the cell, and one into the cytoplasm. Okay. And one's pointing out of the cell into whatever's outside that cell, mm-hmm. whether it be more cells or blood or yeah. tissue fluid or whatever outside so it's the phosphate heads that are hydrophilic 
and the fat acid tails are pointing away from anything that might contain water, so towards each other into the membrane. Mm-hmm. And because it has those properties, that's why they arrange themselves automatically like that into what and we call this a bilayer because you've got two, bi two. Mm-hmm. So we call that our phospholipid bilayer. Because of the way they're arranged and because of the properties of each part, only certain substances can actually pass through the bilayer. And those substances have to be what we call lipid soluble. Anything water soluble, so anything dissolved in water or anything charged like ions, would, wouldn't be able to get past the fatty acids. They'd be repelled. So they wouldn't be able to pass through. Only lipids can. Only lipids or anything dissolved in lipids or anything that's not charged. So actually, things like oxygen, things like carbon dioxide, because they're small. I've just come for this bit. Well, that's exactly, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oxygen, carbon dioxide, anything small, anything not charged, they can diffuse through that bilayer quite easily. And surprisingly, which I've always found very strange, anything dissolved in water can't pass through that bilayer because it would be repelled. But water can, because water molecules are so small that they can oh, get past. Right, okay. Isn't that strange? I find that so mm. strange. So water can actually pass through the bilayer. How come if water <laughs> can, how come the cells don't just go blah 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 blah, blah, blah and explode? Because of got like concentrations uh we'll do okay, an we episode. Go again. We'll do a whole we episode. We would do a whole episode <laughs> on what we call osmosis, which is why water how water moves in and out of cells. Diffusion. It's a type of diffusion. Mm-hmm. That's why water won't just move willy nilly. They have to did I just say willy nilly? Yes. Yeah. I'm keeping that in. <laughs> uh, that's why a water won't just move without any reason. It's about willy-nilly. Willy nilly. It's about concentrations. <laughs> <laughs> it's about how much water's on the inside or the outside of the cell. So that's that's the that's the phospholipid bilayer. So number two, there's two the different spam. there's two different parts. So this is what Sarah's calling the spam. Are the are protein. Mm-hmm. So you've got two different types, and both are labelled on here. You've got proteins that span the entire bilayer. Span. Span. No, no, no. Oh, span. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they go across the whole bilayer from top to bottom. And then you've also got ones that just sit on the surface. Okay. Okay. So you've got a few of those. Is that okay mm-hmm. so far? Yeah. It's just a big gap. Yeah. So that's a way for anything that can't get through the bilayer, if it's not too big, mm-hmm. can pass through there. Is that on every single cell? Yeah. So why do we even have this if you have this big gap? Because, again, only certain things can pass through them. Oh, OK. The, the ones that span span the entire, span. The entire bilayer, there's two different types of those as well. They're okay. called either protein channels or carrier proteins, and they both let different things through. So they're both involved in transport, the different like channel proteins or carrier proteins. And let me just talk about which ones are which. So carrier proteins are ones that will allow molecules, quite big molecules, to pass through via something called active transport. That's not important right now. That'll be a whole episode, active transport. But mm-hmm. it's basically when things need to get through a membrane that it's against the concentration gradient. So normally things go from high to low. So there'd be a lot on the outside of the cell and then it... It has to go from high to low on the inside, which is how water moves, things like that. But sometimes things have to move against a concentration gradient from where there's not a lot of it to where there is already quite a lot of it. And that's how active transport comes in. And carrier proteins are involved in that. Mm -hmm. And it has to be a carrier protein because carrier proteins can change shape. 
when they are bound with energy. The other type of protein that can go through the whole bilayer and be involved in transport is called a protein channel. And that is just a straightforward, allows all the water soluble stuff that can't get through the bilayer through. So ions that are charged, things like that, can pass through there by diffusion, a special type of diffusion. That's the sort of big proteins. Now, because that's for transport and letting things in and out, you could imagine that any cell that is heavily involved in absorption will contain a lot more of those proteins than, say, a skin cell, which is just for sitting mm-hmm. sitting there being waterproof, you know, that sort of thing. So anything that's involved in absorption, so any cells in the small intestine, on the lining, that sort of thing, they'll have a lot of protein channels compared to a skin cell, which doesn't absorb anything much. And then you've got these other proteins that are just on the surface, and you can see you've got these little tree-like things sticking out, and they're labelled three and four. So they don't go all the way through the membrane because they're not for transport. They're for either giving sort of structural or mechanical strength or support. So just keeping the shape of that membrane and helping to do that. Three and four are, well, three is supposed to be like a glycoprotein. So it's basically the protein with a little bit of carbohydrate, the glyco bit. It's like the carbohydrate sticking out. And that's like a glycolipid attached to the protein, which again is just lipid with a bit of carbohydrate attached you don't have to necessarily like know an awful lot of detail about the structure of those it's just their job so they're sticking out of the cell on the membrane and they have a specific job to do so if that cell if its job was to respond to hormones then that would be the receptor for the hormone so the hormone would bind to that and then the cell could do its job so if that was like a a liver cell that its job was to respond to insulin the insulin would attach to the receptor. So it would attach to that. How would it affect the cell if it was just attached to that? Because that would then start a like a process of opening the channels for the glucose to pass in. So one of its jobs would be to respond to a hormone. One of its other jobs could be that it's about cell recognition. So all cells have these receptors that will tell a body if it is a self cell or a foreign cell. Like a bacteria. Like a bacteria or a virus, any kind of pathogen perhaps. Yeah. So all of these that stick out, and we can call them antigens, all of the ones on the surface of cells that belong in your body will be a self-antigen and will indicate that it's supposed to be there in your body. Like, say, for instance, coronavirus, which antigen would be foreign in your body, shouldn't be there, this this cell doesn't belong here, and your white blood cells would recognise that and do something about it. They can also be about attaching to other cells as well, so like linking to other cells to form tissue so that they can sort of stay together. How would the blood cells attack? Well, again, we'll believe it or not, we'll do a whole, a whole sort of series of episodes, really, oh, okay. on the immune system, where we look at the job of different types of white blood cells and what they do to kill pathogens. Okay, number breath. five looks like keyhole. Yeah, or like a little rubbish medal. Or like a microphone. Yeah, oh yeah. It's cholesterol. Oh, that's what number five is? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. this is absolutely full of cholesterol. It is full of cholesterol, but that's a good thing. Oh, okay. Because that's one of the jobs of cholesterol. You, like, you need cholesterol in your body. You have to have mm. it because you need it for your membranes. You need it, I think I've said this before. Yeah. You need it in your membranes and you need it to help make certain hormones in your body. But obviously too much of it. Mm-hmm. And you've Actually, got nothing to do with it and it ends up lining your arteries. Yeah, so cholesterol, its job is to basically provide stability. It makes the cell membrane um quite stable 
because what um, these phospholipids love doing is moving around. Just because it looks like that now, uh, it's not like that. Like they will flip over, they will swap places. It's oh, very, really? it's very fluid, and we'll talk oh. a little bit more about that in a minute. But they, 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 what they love to do is just to like float around and move around. And if they flipped over, yeah, not flipped over like that. I meant like swapped over. Oh, okay. So yeah. that one would So the head way. would yeah. never. The head would say. never um, <laughs> be able to face inwards. Yeah. But they could swap places with each other. They could swap there with each other. You know, they they're always moving. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the more cholesterol in a mem- in a membrane, the better, because the less they will do that. It depends on the cell. We kind of want the membrane to be quite flexible because we sometimes need it to change shape. And do you remember we talked about vesicles? Yes, vesicles are what breaks off from the Golgi apparatus exactly. to, to the membrane. And the only way that Golgi can pinch off and make a vesicle is through the flexibility of the right. bilayer that, that, that it has. Mm-hmm. It needs to be flexible in that way in order to make vesicles. A sort of normal cells in your body that, are, that form tissue where they're like side by side, they don't necessarily have a lot of cholesterol because they support each other. But if you've got a free-flowing cell like like, a red, blood like cell. a red blood cell perfect um that would have a lot more cholesterol or a higher percentage of cholesterol because it isn't supported by surrounding cells it's got to kind of support itself mm-hmm. and and also animals the our cells don't have any cell walls either so that's why cholesterol is quite important and what they do is they bind to the fatty acids and allow them to actually bind to each other more and that stops them from moving so they add a little bit of rigidity. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Good. So cells from plants or from bacteria which have cell walls, they wouldn't have cholesterol. Or if they did, it would be very, very low amounts because they've got a cell wall to support them, whereas eukaryotic animal cells don't. That's kind of it in terms of the diagram. We call we call that diagram, we, it has a like a name given to it. It's called the fluid mosaic model. And Do I have to know that? Yeah. You have okay. to know that and you have to know what each part means as well. Uh-huh. So the fluid part is pretty obvious. I've already said the phospholipids move. Yeah. Yeah, they're constantly trying to move and flip over and swap round. And uh, that's why we call it fluid. But the muse- mosaic part, do you know what a mosaic is? Just like a load of things stuck together and it makes a thing. Yeah. So to be more specific, because you've just said a load of things stuck together to make a thing, Mm -hmm. the things would be uh, broken pottery and things like that and broken tiles. And because they're broken or shattered, they're all different sizes and different shapes. And then they're put together as a piece of art. And that kind of is representing that. You've got proteins that are different sizes different shapes and they're randomly embedded throughout the phospholipids creating what is like a mosaic shape uh, sort of pattern fluid mosaic yeah okay and that's it that is the new information for this episode oh okay yeah that was good i liked it yeah it's a nice actually a really nice little episode Mm -hmm. but it's also um because what we've done is we did all the cell stuff and then i went to the biological molecule topic to try and cover a little bit of that from the sort of foundation level stuff mm-hmm. but i thought we'll just go back to the cell stuff just to do that cell membrane so you can sort of see why they're important mm-hmm. like we've done phospholipids why they're yeah. important to it you can kind of start making links then mm-hmm. between different topics so shall we look at some exam questions yes yeah okay 
So the sorts of exam questions that you would get, I mean, there's plenty of sort of very low level questions where you've got a picture very much like this one and they're labelled with letters and it says, right, what's A and what's okay. B and that sort of thing. That would be to label them. Yeah. Sometimes it's functions as well. So what is the function of molecule G or whatever? And it would be sort of you know, one of the proteins or something and you've got to say what it's what it does. It might be to give functions generally, as in like what is the function of the bilayer, what is the functions of the proteins, that sort of thing. Um, there was once a whole essay on cell membranes. So it was uh, about discussing cell membranes from different types of cells. But a lot of the questions about cell membranes are linked to other topics like digestion because absorption is important with digestion. And also transport, which we haven't done yet. A lot of the questions on membranes are linked directly to active transport, osmosis, diffusion. But we'd need to actually cover those topics right, first. Right, yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I've got four questions. Okay. And we'll see how we get on. Question one. This is a two marker. Describe how phospholipids are arranged in a plasma membrane. They are. So you would say they are in a bilayer. Perfect, one mark. And they, uh, the heads are out. Okay. Yep. So you would say that the heads face outwards because they are attract. They are hydro hydrophilic. Well done. That's another mark. You've actually got two marks there. That's okay. It. Yeah. But then obviously the third possible way of getting those two marks is to say about the tails facing inwards. Inwards because they are hydrophobic. Hydrophobic. Brilliant. That easy. Was straight away. Easy. Yeah. Right. Question three. This is just a one marker. Links to what we've just been talking about about, okay. the, about the cholesterol. Suggest one advantage of a higher percentage of cholesterol in red blood cells compared to cells in the lining of the small intestine. Oh, we just did this. So yeah. red red blood cells are free flowing. Yep. So the lining of the small intestine, all the cells are bunched all tightly close together, yep. so they don't need as many of the the what they call cholesterol cholesterols because they are already more a bit more rigid than the free-flowing cells. Yeah, and they support the, each other. Yeah, so yeah. The, the other ones support each other and the red blood cells are on their own, so they need a bit more rigid from the um, cholesterol. Exactly, yeah, to help sort of maintain the shape. Yeah. So question four, six marker. And again, we can six. go through it. Yeah. We normally do fives. I oh, know. We can go through this sort of together Okay. Uh, if you're not sure what to say. But all you've got to do mainly is is name a feature and say its job. Okay. Okay, to get two marks for each sort of thing. Yeah, okay. So explain how three features of a plasma membrane adapt it for its function. So would you say the bilayer? Yeah, so you can talk about the bilayer. What does it do? It stops certain things from passing in and lets other stuff Okay, so be more specific about what it stops. It stops... Uh, water, broken stuff. Or anything dissolved in water. Anything dissolved in water from That's getting right. through. Or anything charged. Or anything charged. So that would yes. be two marks because you've mentioned, through. except for water, yeah. You've mentioned the bilayer. Yeah. And you've mentioned it, that it stops the water soluble stuff from getting through. That would be two marks. Uh, would you say the cholesterol? Could you say the cholesterol? Of course you could, yeah. Um, and that, how does that adapt? So you could go back to the question we did a minute ago. Yeah. And you could talk about if it was a free flowing. So could you say that? Like if it, if if you could you give yeah, an example of and say could. if it was a red blood cell? Yeah, of course. So you could say cholesterol it it. because it gives free flowing cells more rigidity, rigidity or stability. Stability. Okay. Is that all right? Yeah. You could also talk about it regu- regulating the fluidness. 
yeah. like stopping the fluidness of the phospholipids. Um, and then you so that's talk four about marks. The, oh, what did it begin with an A? What did you call it? Does it begin with an A? Antigen. Or, antigen. Yeah. Did you talk about that? Yeah. So you could say the surface proteins or the glycoproteins or the glycolipids and talk about how they act as antigens. Yep. And you could talk about the spam. And you could talk about the spam. So you could say channel proteins. And they let in other stuff that the other be parts more specific, of the bilayer don't be more let in. Specific. So they let in soluble stuff. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, water is. And that's water soluble stuff in. isn't. And because um, it's mainly charged stuff. So that's how it gets through the channel proteins uh-huh. or charged stuff. And carrier proteins are used for active transport. So just to sort of summarise that, what you've said. So we talked about the bilayer, stopping water-soluble stuff getting through. So that would be a pair of marks. Um, oh, you could get a mark for talking about how fluid the bilayer is. Helps you to form vesicles. So that would be another pair of marks. But the channel proteins allowing the water-soluble or the charged particles through. Carrier proteins for active transport. Surface proteins, glycoproteins or glycolipids for cell recognition, receptors or antigens. And then cholesterol for increasing rigidity or stability, like you said. Mm-hmm. Right, so our, the wider reading. hope you have listened to a few episodes of the New Scientist Weekly podcast. I listened to um, the latest episode from last week, this morning, and it always gives you like a coronavirus weekly roundup sort of thing. It's actually really depressing. I mean, I don't want to date the podcast too much, but it was like we're just getting into the sort of real second wave now. And it was saying how they reckon the number of daily cases are going to really be what? huge compared to the ones in March. They're, but they're, they're hoping they like. they're hoping less deaths because the medical staff are sort of more experienced. And there are a few treatments now that have developed over the first wave that uh-huh. can be used quite quickly for the second wave. So yeah. that they think there'll be less daily deaths, but they'll think there's going to be more yeah cases yeah so it it gives you sort of that coronavirus week like roundup but also it it just gives you the facts of what's going on in the world at the moment and there, and i think what's important is that obviously it's attached to a magazine you know if you don't want a subscription to but you hear a story on the podcast and you then want to go and buy the magazine to read a bit more on into it you can and then we've also recommending the book the body by bill bryson which I actually listened to on Audible because it was just easier. Really interesting. Just just like loads of body facts. Interesting information about different parts of the body. It's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. So give it a read. Okay, the roundup? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We the cell surface membrane or plasma membrane's function is to allow certain substances in and out of the cell due to its partial permeability. The structure and molecules of the membrane allow for this. Firstly, there is a bilayer of phospholipid molecules, which can form because the phosphate heads are hydrophilic and therefore will face the inside and outside of the cell, whereas the fatty acid tails are hydrophobic, therefore they face each other inside the membrane. This allows only lipid-soluble substances or uncharged molecules through, such as oxygen or carbon dioxide, and they pass directly through the bilayer. Water-soluble substances or anything charged will be repelled by the fatty acid tails. There are two different types of protein in the plasma membrane. Those that span the entire membrane, called channel proteins, for water-soluble or charged ions to pass through, or carrier proteins, which are for active transport. And those that are on the surface that can provide structural or mechanical support or are attached to glycolipids or carbohydrates to form glycoproteins that are used as receptors to hormones or cell recognition. Cells where rapid absorption is important have a large number 
of these proteins. Cholesterol is found bound to the fatty acid tails in the bilayer and therefore provides stability. This is particularly important in animal cells in general due to the absence of the cell wall, but particularly free-flowing cells like red blood cells that are not supported by other surrounding cells. The fluid mosaic model is used to describe the cell surface membrane. The fluid part refers to the constant movement of the phospholipids, allowing flexibility particularly between 0 and 45 degrees centigrade. The mosaic part refers to the random arrangement of different sized and shaped proteins, much like a tiled mosaic. Got any takeaways? My takeaways are that the whole of the membrane is called a mosaic. Fluid mosaic. Fluid mosaic. Fluid because the membrane moves around. Yeah, so the phospholipids move. And mosaic because it is made up of lots of broken tiles. <laughs> yeah, so the proteins, which are different sizes and different shapes, the proteins, okay. are randomly embedded, yeah. much like a mosaic. Random random tiled mosaic. Um, there is lots of cholesterol in or sometimes or there's the cholesterol in the membrane to help with stability and rigidity brilliant and don't say spam water soluble things cannot pass through the membrane but they can pass through the spam <laughs> the protein the, channels they can pass through the protein channels <laughs> well done <laughs> excellent yeah that's good cool that was a good one um if you wanted to contact us you can go to our website that's teachmescience.co.uk that's also where you can find the recommendations and all of the resources from all the episodes you can tweet at us at teachmebiocast you can drop us an email at teachmebiologycast at gmail.com and we also have instagram and that is at teachmebiologycast yeah so if you think we are useful to you let other people know just let people know anyone you think that might find it useful basically just let anybody them know. that and is an a-level biology student well obviously yeah mm-hmm. um more suited to year 12 right now because we're doing year 12 content yeah so get in touch anything you know good bad yes any uh, movie reviews <laughs> anything you want to i've got a movie share? review i watched practical magic yesterday for the first time and thought it was really good yeah i liked yeah. it i really like that film let us know what you think of it what go and watch it and then let me know is that the bell? Yeah, that was the bell, yeah. I've got textiles. What are you making? A pillow. So that you can go sleep in biology. <laughs> I know your game. I actually made a, like a pillow. We had to sew like an animal's face and then it was like a big circle and then we had the same sort of material on the other side and then we had to fill it with like pillow innards and sew it up. It was like probably the size of like this pot filter like just like what it was for i don't know like a small a animal, tiny tiny animal, tiny little animal animal pillow. face pillow mine was a pig i made a pig one what did you pig. do what happened to it i just like, put it in the bin it was a crap <laughs> <laughs> little tiny little pig pillow and then just no use what is it for <laughs> well that is what technology at school was like wasn't yeah, it you make yourself a little key ring use it for I a bit I never made a key ring ever the only thing I ever made at school was that stupid pig pillow <laughs> <laughs> and you don't even know where it is well you better get going you've yeah, no. got to redeem yourself after your uh, pig I'm weird gonna pig pillow I'm going to make another pig pillow <laughs> <laughs> but better this time I've been Sarah Matthews and I am Rhea Corbett sorry no I mean I've been Sazza Matz I'm Rhea Corbs. And this has been Teach Me Biology. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.